Welcome to Intercepted Transmissions. I'm Uriah. I'm Joel. And this is our Star Wars podcast. It's also our method of handling dumb fan theories. And most importantly, this is our excuse for two fanboys to hang out on the internet. Hey, welcome to Intercepted Transmissions. This is our first episode since Solo. Uh, like Joel mentioned, this is the first episode after Solo, uh, but it was also uh, recorded uh, like months ago, like like a week after Solo. It actually may have been recorded before we saw the movie. This summer was totally bonkers. If you didn't listen to the I'm Sorry episode uh, on here and on Terrible Ideas, you go, go check it out. We kind of explain why we've been gone for so long. Uh, so if, if we reference anything that was like last week or recently uh it's it's just like tack on like two months and you it'll all make sense that movie oh my goodness uriah what'd you think so good it was, it was amazing. so good it was um, i'm still we've already your... we've already talked about how much we love yeah. this film um we you, you're gonna have to go yeah we've got our episodes up yeah we, up. Have, we have a spoilery one hear. we have a not spoilery yeah. one if you haven't seen it yet, don't go to the spoiler one. Obviously, you don't want to know how it unless, ends. Unless you're more like Joel and you'd rather be spoiled in advance. Like, you don't care about spoilers so much. And, like, yeah, you just want to know what's going into it. Like, you can... We have a podcast for people like Joel. And we have a podcast yep. for people like Uriah. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, I just realized how that worked out. I didn't think about wow. that while we were, we, like, we making We should have planned... Yeah. We should have planned those way far <laughs> we, in advance. We really should have. <laughs> But all that to be said, we are back on normal schedule. It is time for a, uh, a theory, a, a something um, back to our normal. We were going through kind of the characters leading up to Solo. Uh-huh. Um, we went through Chewbacca. We went through Lando. We went through Han Solo. Yep. We had theories for each of them. Um, and before that, we had really only been dwelling in the new trilogy. Uh-huh. So now we're coming out of that. We're going into the summer. No and I thought it'd be great if we had uh, the next few episodes maybe went back to the prequels. You're right. I know you love the prequels. I do love the prequels. I um I used to hate them. I thought it was because I thought it was it was trendy to hate the prequels. Um, it is trendy and, to hate the prequels. And so I would it, it it still kind of is. Um, I so like I had a time in my life where I like claimed that Hayden Christensen was like he ruined my childhood. I didn't I didn't want to blame George Lucas because George Lucas also created. The original Star Wars trilogy, and it so like George to Lucas. me, like to my high school logic, there was no way that he could have possibly been the person who did it. That like ruined everything, and had to be, it had to be Hayden Christensen because he was the one who was different. Um, but uh, I don't, I no longer believe that. I I I genuinely believe that the the prequel trilogy was an excellent work of cinematic art because let's face it even a bad star wars movie is better than like what like 75 90 percent of all movies ever yeah even a bad star wars movie is still pretty good there was there's a good storyline there yeah it might have been poorly executed in some points and those points tend to in most people's mind outweigh the good that right. these uh movies were and a lot of shade was thrown at hayden christensen because of those awkward romance scenes yeah but, but think but think about who else was in those scenes natalie portman <laughs> was also in those scenes and she is a world-class actress yes she if, is if natalie portman can't pull it off who is going to yeah. and it it's it's because they all right i he, my theory i i still don't like the the prequels nearly as much as i like the um the originals and this new trilogy and you know that about me uriah but right. um one of my th- one of my theories it's just george lucas great producer great director great writer when it comes to this sci-fi world 
but his bread and butter is not romance. And in the in these in this trilogy, he's trying to do romance. He's trying to do background to Jedi, and he's trying to do a major uh, political drama. Uh huh. Now he did great on the political drama. He yep. he worked every angle in so many different ways to show yep. how everything intertwined and how how the emperor was how Palpatine was um, pulling all the strings behind mm-hmm. everything. He did great there. He even gave us quite a bit of background into the Jedi, who they were, and some of the characters we know and love from the original trilogy. Right. There was just too much going on for a good love story. Yeah, and and I'm actually gonna I'm gonna push back on you a little bit. I think that those things can be explained. George Lucas did a really good job of like creating the world, right? Like he 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 envisioned yes. the Star Wars universe and then populated it with like some really cool places and uh and like conflicts and people um but i i do think that his his fault was is as a director um Mm -hmm. uh, i've heard stories of him just kind of like like watching a take and then just kind of like shaking his head while he looks at the ground because he didn't like it and then he'll go through and he'll have them make some change that nobody really likes or cares about and then he again he'll just kind of like shake his head and look at the ground and like I, I do think for all of his for all of his his achievements and accomplishments and the great work that he has done and God bless you George Lucas for creating something that like glued my family together and continues to do so yeah I don't think he directed the prequels very well um, and and that was I think that's where a lot of the problems can be described that's, uh, can that be, makes can a be, lot of sense yeah and he was yeah but that's yeah anyways all that to say I do still love the prequels i thought like everybody hates the pod race in a phantom menace i thought it was an exciting way to like have some fun because like a little kid is not gonna you know go into a space battle but we got all the coolness of a space well he did later in the movie but that's not the point i mean we got all the coolness of a space battle but it was in atmosphere and that was really cool yeah you know people complain about people complain about the romance in attack of the clones but you know what we did get in that movie um a sweet detective noir film in the form of obi-wan trying to track down the you know what the bounty hunter you know the bounty hunter um and also the largest the largest scale conflict that we have seen in any star wars movie at the battle of geonosis yeah and that was a that was all of that it's such a good i mean everything everything about these were were good it just it lacked a little bit in the romance and with having with so many good romances coming out during that time i mean the late 90s early 2000s that was like like that was the sweet spot for romance movies was it i was i was uh nine to 15 years old when the prequels were coming out i did not know i was not watching romance films at the time i'm only a little older than you but looking back at like what movies have stuck a lot of good romances it seems have come from that age um and maybe it's just the actors and actresses that were around then (laughs) the the fact that we've devolved into talking about you know what we need to get to a theory we need to move on (laughs) all right all right so all that to say, I love the prequels. Joel really likes the prequels. I, I like them. They're good. They're Star Wars. Yeah. Yep. All right. So here is uh, today's theory. Today's theory is on Qui-Gon Jinn. Ah, okay. okay so uh, out of the first movie, uh-huh. uh, only exists in the first movie, referenced in the second, uh, maybe referenced in the third. Yeah. Also referenced, referenced in the third. In the third. Yep. Referenced in the third, but a- as an actor only in there. Also, Liam Neeson. Awesome. Yep. Um, very much. Very awesome. Yes. All right. So here's the theory. Qui-Gon Jinn was secretly a Sith. Here's the background to this. The, the theory suggests that having been the... Um, the apprentice of Count Dooku. 
Yeah, having been the apprentice of Count Dooku, it could have been possible that he was turned. Uh, we see um, he dies by the hands of Darth Maul at the end of the movie, which, I mean, is a strike against it. But Qui-Gon pushed, I mean, he pushed the Jedi Council into training Anakin because of the large amount of midichlorians. It could mm-hmm. be that, that Qui-Gon saw the fear and the anger and all the bad stuff that was possible with this guy and pushed for this man, for this Anakin to be trained anyway, knowing that the future would lead to a stronger dark side. And the fact that he was, um, he was trained by Count Dooku and Count Dooku had gone to that side. It is possible as a fun theory that Qui-Gon Jinn was secretly a Sith. Um, I don't I don't know about that. So Count Dooku was exiled from the Jedi Order or left of his own volition. I don't exactly remember. But he was still well regarded by the Jedi when he left. He wasn't it wasn't like they were chasing out a Sith agent. They were they were still on pretty good terms with Count Dooku. I think you're right, because uh, if they had known he was a Sith, they probably would have tried to hunt him down. Yeah, it would have been a little more, there probably would have been a little more, you know, blood and force lightning in that conversation. But even that would uh, give credence to Qui-Gon Jinn being secretly a Sith. He left on good terms mm. so that his Padawan wouldn't be outed as a potential, like, also being turned. They wouldn't scrutinize him as he joined the ranks of Master. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't I don't think so. Also, was I don't think I don't think Qui Gon was on. He wasn't on the council. He was never granted the rank of master. He was not on the council. Um, he so, was he, all right. He was a. Did he you was have a, to be on the council? He was a Jedi to... Knight. He was training people. Master okay. was a title. As far as like like okay, sorry. What, yeah, they, right. They, like they, a Padawan refers to their their the person that, that serves directly over them as their master, but right. not um he's he's not like Jedi. He like his his all the time permanent master. title is not master Qui Gon. Okay. Jim. Um. Okay, but even so, no, even Padme calls him Master Qui Gon. I'm gonna have to look that up, but I don't think he I don't was. know, huh? I thought it was more of a rank and not necessarily like council was a certain group, but I didn't think you had like I didn't think master was what you got to be on the council. I thought master was a rank, and certain masters were on the council. Oh shoot! So maybe when, that's just how I misunderstood something. So there's the whole scene in Revenge of the Sith where Anakin is is telling the Jedi council that he wants to be that Palpatine wants him to be on the council as Mm -hmm. like to like be a liaison. Yeah. And they make a big deal out of saying that he can be on the council, but he's not awarded the rank of master. So I, I, so maybe you're more right than I am. I took that to mean that only masters can be on the council, but to be a master does not mean you are on the council as well. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay. You're probably more right than me. So I figured there were masters all around the universe wandering around training their, their learners and Padawans and they report to the council still, but only certain people, only certain masters were on the council. I see what you're saying. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I'm going to go. There's going to be like a couple of interjections here, I'm sure, when editing your eye goes back and listens to this and um, makes corrections. By the way, uh, just confirming here, uh, you did not have to be... Ma- not all masters were on the Jedi Council. The Jedi, Ca- Jedi Council was only 12 okay. of the masters. Got it. Who served there. Okay. But you could be. You could just get the rank of master. You could what, get the had rank. Had Qui-Gon the, been awarded? Yeah. So certain people were masters. I I should have looked to see if Qui-Gon was a master. But certain people were, many people, many of them were masters, but not all of them served on the Jedi Council. There was only okay. 12 that served on the Jedi Council at Got a it. time. Okay. Got it. Well, thank you for clarifying that. We're going to now back to the not corrections corner version of this Woo-hoo. podcast. 
okay so regardless well no if he was so if, if he was an actual master and even if he was just a jedi knight like that was training padawans he would have been under a lot of scrutiny to like make sure he was you know on the up and up um and and sure he was he was regarded as rebellious um but i i don't think that they would have if they would have like had even the remotest inclination that he was uh like using the dark side to do his work i don't think they would have let him they would have i don't think they would have kept giving him padawans but even even emperor pal i mean i say emperor senator palpatine hid that he was a sith and he hid the rising of the force even from yoda i mean the, the or the rising of the dark side even from yoda uh-huh. uh like yeah. there there was there was a I mean, they hadn't uh, encountered Sith for what a thousand years? Is that what they were I think talking a thousand years? Yeah, yeah, about a thousand years. So, like the rise of the Sith in these movies, it's so secretive and under the under the radar that not even Yoda is noted. It's just a cloud. It's not an actual presence. It's just a cloud. If you remember, so like uh-huh. there was a reason he wasn't on the council. And it was because of his unorthodox training methods and his and how he didn't always obey the council. But they kept giving him learners because they had nothing specific. I guess that's possible. I just don't think that. I so if you say that Palpatine was able to cloud the rise of the dark side, that's fair to say because I mean that's canon. But also yeah. he was the strongest dark side user in a long, long time, like since the days of the old Republic, if I'm not mistaken. That's true. And, and so to say that. Well, Palpatine was able to cloak his darkness to the Jedi directly and have conversations with them. So, uh, so that means Qui Gon must have been able to as well. I don't know that that's a fair comparison because and you're probably nobody right there. was nobody was is, was quite as powerful as Chief Palpatine, the Senate himself. Yeah. Uh, so okay, so I I don't think that Qui Gon would have been able to shield his darkness from everybody, uh, you know, on the on the Jedi Council who would have been scrutinizing him. Um, especially because they were, they were scrutinizing him, right? Like he was a known rebel. He was a known, like he, Uh, he clearly dissented with some of the practices and beliefs of the Jedi order. Um, but he still stuck with it and he still did it. Um, and he was, you, you had to, he had to have been, you know, monitored pretty closely. I guess if you were Uh, planning on being a secret Sith in the background, you were, you wouldn't make waves in the foreground. No, you would be, you would be doing your best to blend in Hmm. and play along until you're like the moment came as far as, uh, okay. So what was the, the other part of that was he, he forced the council to train Anakin so that he could, um, that can be, uh, that can be explained by reckless optimism which he has a um a clear character arc that that shows his reckless optimism right yeah like we're gonna we're gonna we're just gonna take our little spaceship right on into the droid federation control ship and we're gonna have a conversation and it's you know they'll back down and it's gonna go just fine well whoops now we're getting gassed and we're gonna have to (laughs) fight our way out of here and, but that's okay. We're going to do it. You know what? This blast door, this bulkhead is pretty strong, but I'm just going to kind of stab my lightsaber into it. We're going to get in. We're going to continue this conversation we were supposed to have. More more doors shut. I'm just going to hold this lightsaber right here, and it's going to work out just fine. everything breaks apart. <laughs> um, yeah, they're like, they- well, let's get, let's get, we're just going to, you know what? Obi-Wan, you go on one transport. I'll go on another transport. We'll get down on the surface, and we'll meet down there. It'll work out just fine. 
we're already we're like 15 minutes into the movie and we've already shown that this dude has just got confidence and optimism Reckless to spare alright um, and so I think that I think that um, his you know let's train Anakin is just an extension of that reckless optimism okay so I'm, um, I'm, you probably don't like the theory all that much then do you No, let's let's i yeah let's be very clear i do not i do not like this theory okay um partially what? because qui-gon represents like sort of the epitome of the goodness of the jedi mm. um because he because it was reckless optimism and it was trust in the force and it was like doing the right thing whenever he could he even like he tried to get uh anakin and shmi off of tatooine and away from wado but he couldn't he just did what he you know he did the good that he could with the tools that he had yeah available to him and I, I mean one of the biggest strikes against this theory is simply episode three the reference to qui-gon jinn is that he was one with the force and had become a force ghost which was a previously unknown mm-hmm. force power so that right. yoda and uh, uh, Obi-Wan could both learn how to do that as well and they could um, be with Qui-Gon and learn that through the force right. ghosting so like and, that and, proves and, already that he is a light side user and that proves that he's a light side user because to date we don't have any canon references to force ghosts who were dark side users correct and there are certain um, powers, it seems, uh, as far as we are able to understand, there are certain powers that are light side and certain powers that are dark side. You don't see mm-hmm. light side users using force lightning. Correct. I mean, there are certain things that lend themselves toward one side or the other. Yes. And um, I, I think you never you never see Qui-Gon force choke somebody. Um, he uses the general sort of the, like the standard Jedi Knight techniques, right? Like force push, force pull, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, really good lightsaber technique. Um, for speed one time when he's trying to get away from the Jordicas. you know, like, like he's, he does a lot of, he, he certainly wears the trappings of a Jedi, um, yep. in, in sort of in the, like, well, he does, he dresses like them, but also like in a, in a sort of, you know, metaphorical sense, right? Like he, he behaves in every way like a Jedi and he doesn't, I don't, I mean, he disagrees with them sometimes on some things, but he never, I don't, I don't ever remember seeing any kind of like straight up like no the jedi are absolutely wrong and screw those guys they're gonna you know like uh, i guess until he go well never mind go ahead in the uh legends the old books the old extended canon or uh, uh-huh. whatever extended universe yeah extended universe uh there was another apprentice before obi-wan that qui-gon had that also turned to the dark side i remember this from there was a there was a series of um ya books yeah at the time they were made um and they were what is it xanatos uh, it, it was the, it was i'm sorry xanatos or yeah xanatos i don't remember i don't remember his name but i remember reading these but it was the jedi apprentice series and there were a couple dozen of these books and they were pretty short reads and they were all about the adventures of obi-wan and qui-gon yep and they were super good i remember reading these in in like sixth grade um or no fourth fourth fifth something whatever okay. and i loved these books to death and i remember when you said that there was another apprentice, yep. I remember the book that that was about. Yep. Um, but that it was a good, yeah. So this theory is, it, Oh, that's old. Canon. Yeah. This, this theory is old Canon related. I mean, so it uses that as another yeah. example as to why he might've been a dark side secretly. He's turning people to the dark side. He was turned to the dark side. Now he's turning people to the dark side. Maybe though it wasn't that he was turning people to the dark side intentionally. He was just kind of like not the super best teacher, and he missed some really important parts. And New so- theory: Qui Gon Jinn is the worst Jedi master <laughs> ever. 
welcome to, welcome to intercepted transmissions where we just say everybody in star wars is bad at the thing they do yes <laughs> that's exactly yep yep that's let's see mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. yep Never. uh-huh hey that accounts for the next three theories <laughs> in, 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 in a weird way i mean if you want to make it work but yeah so what would what would it take for you to believe this theory? What 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 parts of the the movies would need to change for you to believe this this theory? The conversation between I've been thinking about this actually. So it would, for me it would be a, um, the conversation that Obi Wan and Count Dooku have when Obi Wan is um, sort of suspended by the ray shields mm-hmm. in on Geonosis. Yes, that conversation would need to go longer and into more detail while Count Dooku lays out point by point how he turned Qui-Gon to the dark side. So you that's, would need that's admission, what it would take. Okay, you would need an, an admission from Dooku that this had happened. Um, well, I would need I would need an admission from Dooku and I would also need like the points to really line up well and for it to like yeah. maybe a flashback scene or something. I don't know. Like it would yeah, it, I would need an admission from a character, confirmation, an admission from Count Dooku and a confirmation by somebody in the Jedi Order. Okay. I would, I feel like I would need, in episode one, I would need, um, prior to presenting Anakin to the Jedi Council, I would need uh, Qui-Gon to have sensed something extra and maybe just a side, like, him talking to himself as he's, as Anakin's walking away and while he's out yeah. of earshot of Obi-Wan. Just doing some side, side of conversation, be like, you, like, I sense something more in this one and he will do just fine. Like, so, just one line like that. Yeah. Change, changing just enough of the motivation in episode one. And so what you said in episode two would really help. And then, honestly, in episode three, you would just have to erase any reference to who he was in Force Ghosting. Yeah. That's yeah. I think that's. I think you're onto something. So those there. three changes would make it a lot more plausible. Yeah. Yep. And uh, none of those things happen. So I think this one's pretty well scrapped. Yep. So, so Qui Gon Jinn, uh, Maverick, a venerable if Maverick Jedi Master, uh, according to Star Wars databank. Um, Are you on on Wikipedia or is this in the, the on StarWars.com? This is StarWars.com, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It is. So. Okay. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. Good guy. Disagreed sometimes, but like kept his head, kept you know, kept his head on his shoulders pretty well. Um, Not Jedi Council material, mm -mm. but because it's hard to be like the twelve best Jedi if you're disagreeing with how the Jedi are doing their job. Yes, exactly. But still, a good guy looking out for the right things with the right goals. Mm -hmm. Just maybe off track a little bit on how he does those things. Yeah, I I think so. So. so so I'm going to give this theory um, one one lap at the Mos Espa Open. Gosh, what is that? What is the name of that race? Uh, the Bunta Eve Classic. That's what it's called. How do you know this? <laughs> I told you I love these movies. I'll, I'll, I can't give it more than one. I can't give it more than one. Um, I'm only giving it one because I don't think we can give it zero. And if we do give it zero, I want that to be like, it's going to be like a big moment for okay. me. Like you're going to, yeah. you're going to throw me a real curveball. That's like, this is, I'm putting down the zero. <laughs> it's time to put that, but it's zero. All right. I will also give this one. I'll give this uh one midichlorian out of 6 million. Ooh, I like that. Well, if I said that, then it should have been like one, 
lap out of three because there were three laps at the Boonty Eve Classic, not five. Yeah, but, well, so let's be very clear that I was trying to stick with the traditional one to five scale that we've been I'm using. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I just, I'll give him. Okay. No, but that was very clever. What you said was super clever. Right. I just needed to like exert my Effort. like knowledge you know to make sure that more, I like only three laps. There's not five. Yeah, I I, I get yeah. it. So all right, cool. <laughs> Like the Monty Python, <laughs> the number of the counting shall be three. Five is right out. <laughs> One, perfect. Two, five, three, sir. Three, three, sir. <laughs> I love that we're so used to like not having somebody to bounce that quote off of that you said I, three, yeah. sir, <laughs> and then three. It's just <laughs> I, I can't letting, rely like, on I was my so wife prepared for this. To do it. She won't. She won't quote the movie. So uh, thanks a lot for listening. Um, as always, we enjoyed ourselves tremendously. Um, we are going to do something that we don't normally do, and that is plug the Patreon. Um, right now, we have a single patron, and they're super cool, and we really dig them. However, we want more of you people to come and like say that you like us or something, because um, Intercepted Transmissions is uh, is currently, this is the last episode that we can upload for free without having to delete old episodes. So this seemed like a pretty good time to uh, to sort of say, hey, why don't you, if you like us, give us a couple bucks. That'd be super swell. Yeah, it would be super swell because we are doing this. We are doing this for kind of for free. And we know that like people don't like to pay for stuff on the internet, but we still need a way to do it. Again, we're not trying to get rich off this. Joel, how much money do we need? Yeah. So it only takes $15 a month uh, to support one podcast. And we don't, we're not asking anybody to do the whole 15. I mean, if you want to go there and throw a buck or two at it, uh, that'd be yeah. awesome. If you, if you like it enough to do a buck or two a month, it doesn't cost that much. Um, yeah. So at $3, you get access to the, um, the bonus content mm-hmm. every, uh, hopefully month. I try. Joel I do try. We just released the second scenes. one. Yeah. Um, where we, we include some stuff like <laughs> the, <laughs> there were, <laughs> that's a reference that you'll only understand if you become a $3 Patreon. <laughs> and I acknowledge that, uh, that reference right there is probably not enough to make you go, Oh, I totally want to know what that's about. No, it's, it's, it's dumb, but it, it's, but it's still it's funny. We we have a lot of fun. The the deleted scenes are the most fun for me to edit, um, but they're like the most difficult for me to create somehow because like I just like I just sit at my computer and laugh at this like the stupid things we say sometimes. It's, it's the outtakes, it's the bloopers that just they don't quite make it into the show, but boy boy they're funny. Yeah, and sometimes like there was one uh, on the very first one there was like we had a conversation about. Um, like if Ray would have a, a double-sided lightsaber instead yeah. that was, that was short and made it, but like it didn't quite fit into the, 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 um, the light, the lightsaber episode. So anyway, thank you for listening. We loved having you. And um, we look forward to hearing from you again, except we don't because that's not how podcasts work. You hear from us and uh, may the force be with you. Roger, Roger. Our intro and outro music was created by Itro and Valkos. It's called Starbound, and it's available from SoundCloud and no copyright sound. Go check them out on YouTube. That's where we found them. We're on Facebook as Joel and Uriah, on Twitter at Joel and Uriah, and on Google Plus, technically, but we're never going to check that. To get the podcast delivered to you directly, you can follow us on SoundCloud, subscribe to us on iTunes, and or subscribe to us on Google Play Music. Thanks for listening, and keep your comms open for more intercepted transmissions with Joel and Uriah. I'm sure I'm sure people will be thrilled that they sat through our entire end credits just so they could hear you go <laughs>